Next Chapter Podcasts. Hello, darling. It's been a week since your last dose of Indecent with Kiki Anderson, and I can tell how riled up you are to learn more about life's naughty bits. So while you're quivering in anticipation, let me remind you about another show we think will help quench your general thirstiness. Taboo Science is the podcast that answers the questions you're not allowed to ask. It's hosted by Ashley Hamer, who's got a background hosting for Discovery and a flair for the unconventional. Listen as top scientists, authors, and experts join her in unraveling these fascinating, often misunderstood topics like cannibalism and necrophilia. Find Taboo Science on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Dare to discover the science you thought was off limits. We've all been there. You're mindlessly scrolling through Instagram at 2 a.m. when you should be trying to sleep, and there it is. The Pepsi can draped in the pride flag. The Adidas ads boldly emblazoned with the words, Black Lives Matter. So I guess that's it then, right? If Starbucks openly supports same-sex sucking and bucking, then all of society's problems must have been fixed, right? Wrong. And as marketing maven Katie Martell further explains, these companies can do more harm than good when they step into the firing line of the culture war. Okay, so you've kind of addressed what a rational person that wants good things for humanity wants. What What is it that speaks to the right then? I mean, if, if you're talking about like Kid Rock's video, what what are those rallying cries in marketing? Is like, is it just whiteness? Like what, what, what are the things that right-wing brands are sitting around their Mad Men table pushing? <laughs> I don't know if there is like a, a right you know, wing brand. I think different categories align to what we would consider like right-wing maybe perspective. So for example, guns, right? For example, things that are kind of like, kind of stereotypical of, of right-wing politics. But I do think there are brands that really capitalize on America. You know, and the kind of I've called the, the perversion of the American flag. It's like if you have an American flag on your car right now, I as somebody who's queer, yourself who is somebody who is Latina, like look at that and go, whoop, that it might be somebody who might be dangerous to me. Like, how did that happen? Because you and I, guess what, are also American. Like we are also part of the fabric of this country. To me, being queer is the most American thing you can do. To be outside of the norm and to be free free to transition, free to change my pronouns, free to marry who I want. Okay, so maybe as a fun exercise, um, because <laughs> I feel the same whenever I see an American flag. I'm like, oh, you love cops. <laughs> like, what would be, um, if you had to go and fix in America's PR problem and fix the symbolism of their flag, what is it that oh. the flag oh. needs? Red, white, and blue would get changed to red, blue, and rainbow. I want rainbow. I want to pervert the flag myself with every color of the rainbow. I want furries. No, I'm kidding. But it's on, honestly, You're woke washing. You're caught. I'm t- I'm t- I will woke wash all day. I will be the wokest president this country has ever seen. I will get up there with a feminist t-shirt. I, there was a guy talking to a contractor working at my house, and he said, he literally, I had, Kiki, I had a rainbow porch. We're doing renovations to our house because we're bougie, right? And I had this porch that my friend painted rainbow just because we were getting rid of it at some point. So we were like, fuck it, make it rainbow. So this guy is standing on my rainbow porch at home and he's like, we're, you know, we just met him and, you know, contractor working on our house. And he looks at me and he, conversation goes to this point where he goes, you know, I just, I, don't, I got a problem with this woke stuff. I'm like, sir, you're working on a lesbian house standing on a rainbow porch in Massachusetts. I just went, hmm, tell me more. And the, his understanding of woke, and this is how people just don't understand the word woke, People, he went right to furries. To him, the only articulation of what woke meant somehow turned into furries. And I was like, really? 
Like, we need better PR if woke is associated with furries. Can woke <laughs> just be back to what it used to be, which was like people aware, awoke, awakened to what so you know marginalized communities are facing? Simply being knowledgeable about the reality is now considered woke. What happened? I do sometimes feel like the left and any progressive cause has bad branding. Like, if, if mm. we're talking about defund the police, what people think is you want to get rid of cops, which isn't necessarily what most people are saying. Most people are saying we want to allocate resources to other like mental health programs and real resources that help people but it's it's bad branding it's like we use these terms that then become well gay equals grooming equals furries mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. well in the meantime mm -hmm. the right has branding that's pretty clear it's like no white people <laughs> like they don't know what flag they stand under you know well here's the thing i don't think that uh i think a lot of people look at you know left and right and this and that and what the, what the right wing does really well, and Trump does this extremely well, and by the way, so did Hitler, is they create an enemy. They create something to galvanize their base or their supporters against so that there's a very clear us and them. It is harder to be inclusive of everyone. It is less clear to say, no, 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 it's cool. We kind of accept everyone. It is a lot more um, galvanizing to, and this happens in marketing too, to create a brand that stands for something against something else. Because as a consumer or a voter, you now know which camp to fall into. On the left, I don't think we're willing to say things like XYZ is bad, or these people are our enemy, or this or that, because we know that's not what it's about. We know it's more about cooperation in both sides, and we're trying to move a country forward and just live our lives. Like That doesn't sell, and that doesn't like motivate people to get to the polls. That tells people, oh, yeah, okay, fun. If I'm pissed off and I'm angry and I'm my father watching Fox News all day, I suddenly have a list of grievances and people to be pissed off and blame my problems on that I now have something to go do. I, I, I get to go vote to solve all my problems. In a world where you have one side of a very divided country saying these populations are dehumanized, women, minorities, queers are the enemy because they're trying to take away, I actually quite don't really understand it, but I think they're trying to say they're changing America and what you know to be America, right? Whatever their reasoning is. There are some very clear targets. Can you imagine being a brand now who has had some support of these populations publicly and, and come into 2023 going, you know what, we're gonna stay out of the conversation. It completely ignores the fact that now is the time that we have to match that rhetoric with some decency some support. Now is the time for allyship from brands, like real allyship to stand up and say, hey, I'm Bud Light. And you know what? We did include a transgender influencer because guess what? They're humans. They're Americans. We're an American brand and we want to serve beer to all Americans. That would have been an amazing, amazing pivot. And instead they're like, nope, nope, nope. Allowing that rhetoric to be valid, to be normalized and to be perpetuated. And that's just going to create more violence, more harm. Well, and also now they're in kind of a no man's land of who, who, who's a Bud Light drinker? Because if it's not right wing white Americans and it's not trans people, then who's a Bud Light drinker? Right. I don't even know who, who was before. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I smoke pot. I don't drink. So for me, it was like, well, it's Bud Light. Who cares? That's the problem is I think a lot of brands have a lot of um, uh, overstate, like, you know, the fact that Nike supports gay people. Does that really matter? In some ways it does, right? Because in some ways Nike has such a huge platform that they can normalize. Like a lot of marketing is so ubiquitous. Like you and I are exposed to 
thousands of marketing messages a day, whether we're aware of it or not. And most Americans don't really think about how they're influenced by the marketing they see, whether it's a, an Instagram influencer campaign or like a Super Bowl ad, like traditional marketing. Every single thing gets lodged in our brain. We are, we, kind of, we are what we consume, both with food and with media. And I don't think a lot of people realize how marketing can normalize anything. Our ideas of beauty standards, our ideas of what's okay, our idea of who deserves access to things. We get a lot of signals about how to live our lives through marketing. And I don't think marketers take that responsibility seriously. Clearly, look at the history of objectifying and dehumanizing women in their campaigns. But now I don't think they're taking it seriously where they have an opportunity with their platforms and their reach to counter the harmful rhetoric with some basic allyship. I used to say, I think woke marketing doesn't have a place here. Stay out of the fray. You're just a burrito company. Now in 2023, where are the allies? Where are the voices that are countering the harmful rhetoric that we're, you and I are joking about today, but real people are dying. Real people are getting targeted and people are getting radicalized by. So you have a brand, they have an opportunity. They reach millions of people who look to them to kind of even subconsciously set their values and set what's normal in society. That's our capitalistic world. Marketing has more power than politics. Uh, brands are more trusted than political leaders. And so with that responsibility, if you're a marketer, yeah, your job is to, uh, you know, raise sales. Your job is to increase revenues. Your job is to increase growth and profitability. I get it. But I think marketers also realize that they do have the power to create normalcy and to create these, our ideas of what's right. And I think marketers have an opportunity now to say some really basic things like, it's time to stop targeting trans people. It's time to start considering them part of our community, the fabric of America. Guess what? They're part of it. And they're a very small part of it, like very, very small percentage of the population that's getting dominating the headlines, dominating the press, being absolutely villainized. That is what's happening from one side of our country. Where is the support from the majority of brands, of consumers, of voters? Where is the allyship? People are scared of backlash. I say lean into the skid, lean into the backlash, double down on your decisions to be an ally, or at least to do the right thing. Because over the arc of history, I sound like Barack Obama, the long arc of history, we are moving in that direction. You know, this is not controversial, but somehow in 2023, because there's people with access to microphones and reach and their bubbles, right? Brands are now scared of that. It's so interesting what you're saying, though, because, yeah, before most marketing was done through your, like, Sunday post that, you know, was dropped off at your door, and if it was a bunch of beauty ads, it was usually white women, wives, and now if you're a brand that isn't including women of color, gay people, disabled people, it's kind of the consumer that decides what's cool. It's not the brand's what's cool, and if you're not keeping up with what consumers are talking about on the internet, then that's at your own peril. Right, right. And I think a lot of companies, um, the word listen, I was thinking actually about, I think about this way too much, by the way, I have way too much, like I get, I get really high and then I get really, really deep on this stuff. But I was thinking about like what it means to, to care in a relationship. And say you're a brand, you don't really have a relationship with people beyond buy my shit, give me your money, I will give you, you know, an exchange of value and services. But if you think about your employees, the people that actually come to your organization to work, now you're part of their livelihood here in America, right? You need a job to have health insurance. I think a lot of organizations, I, that's kind of where allyship lives for me. That's where this idea of like, how do we have a relationship with people as a brand? It's actually how they treat their own people. 
And that's where you actually, not to be Debbie Downer, that's where you start to see progress. There are lots of companies that understand their commitment to their employees. Are We want to be a safe space for you to work. We want to be a brand that represents your real lived experience, whether you're a woman, whether you're somebody taking care, not only of children, of like elder people, like people are mistreated at work. And now we're seeing this reckoning happening. We're seeing, you saw the, remember the great resignation last year or two years ago, remember that whole thing? Employees are starting to realize like, no, I need to work for companies that support me. And brands are starting to go, you know what? We can be allies internally. And it's not very controversial. Where it gets controversial is when in the court of public opinion. And I think a brand is immune, honestly, if they can live their values and they can just stay firm to what they believe and point at what they're doing. When a brand starts to try to be all things to all people, it's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. When a brand starts to stand for everything, it stands for nothing. Companies have to make a choice the way that consumers have to make a choice. They cannot exist to make everyone happy. There's no such thing. Uh, I think the phrase is, the only thing you find in the middle of the road is roadkill. You've got to take a stand. And I'm sorry, when you really come down to it, these topics are not controversial. Do you believe trans people deserve equal rights in society? Well, if you think they're dehumanized and they're not your friend or your neighbor or your colleague, you're going to say no to that. But the majority of Americans do. And so these brands, I think, are just facing a matter of time before it's like it's a sense of irre irrelevance. I'm also really sick of talking about this. Is that is that awful of me to say? It's been 10 years of trying to figure out how to be an ally. And the question is so simple. Treat people well. Listen to what they actually need. Martin Luther King, uh, here, quoting Barack, quoting MLK, <laughs> quoting Andy Warhol. Show notes are going to be like lit. a coffee table book. <laughs> I got you, girl. I got so many of these. But he said, a, a riot is the language of the unheard. Social movements exist to call attention to the issues facing a very small portion of our society. They exist to call attention. And so the question I have for brands is, are you listening? Are you actually listening to what this organism, what this social movement is calling for? And I think if brands took the time to listen truly to the movements and not maybe react to the sensational, you know, headlines and manufactured outrage coming from God knows where, probably St. Petersburg, I think it's actually not very hard to treat people well and as a brand stand for things that aren't very controversial. I think we've gotten ourselves into a bit of a tizzy. I mean, I understand as a rational person why it's not a provocative statement, but I'm just trying to think from their crazy Bud Light NFL Sunday side, were their sales that bad? Was it like, well, the trans community is too small in comparison to the crazy right wing side that buys all our beer? I mean, were their sales tanking that bad? They, there's been multiple articles. I've been trying to understand whether the, the Bud Light boycott actually had impact. And you you can find headlines that say, yes, they suffered stock price decrease. And the, do you mean after the decision? Yeah, like, like I'm just yeah. trying to understand, like, what it, isn't this a new market they could tap into? Like being woke beer? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? I feel like there's there's a time. It's funny. It's I would say yes to that five years ago. I would have said yes to all. Like, yeah, that would have been controversial and provocative five years ago. I've been tracking this idea of woke marketing um, since 2014, I was like stoned on my couch one morning. I shit, you know, it's like 2 a.m. Um, and there was a commercial for Audi that I think it was Audi. Somebody had some some major brand had this like very feminist commercial. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I thought I was hallucinating because it was such a kind of remarkable thing to see. It was like a major company for some either mascara or cars or something. 
having this very feminist ad. I'm like, you know, your girl here is a feminist. Like I was excited about it at first, but then I was kind of like, what the hell is this? And I started looking into companies using, you know, feminism, women's rights in their marketing. Um, and so in 2014, you had campaigns like Dove, uh, Real Women, Real Beauty. They kind of kicked off the kind of whole thing many years ago. But 2014, then you get the Trump era of like the pussy hats, right? In 2017, you had like International Women's Day in March. You had all these women in like, you know, marching on to DC with these pussy hats. It was like the era of everyone's talking about women's rights because Trump is in office. So it's countering that narrative. And so every brand started to jump on this like femvertising bandwagon. And femvertising is when you use feminism in advertising. It's when those two worlds collide. And suddenly everyone started doing this. So Again, 2017, this was starting to be a new thing. Here in 2023, what company doesn't have a pride campaign? What company doesn't have a rainbow festoon logo or pride hat? I had this bit that never worked on stage, but I, I liked the premise of it. It was like, like now that you have all these businesses advertising as like being black owned or Asian owned, it's like, well, today I like Asians and nobody else. Tomorrow I like black people and nobody else. It's like you're always picking which race you want to win. <laughs> like, I don't right. know. It, it, right. I just want a, a brand that helps like minorities in general move forward. But it's like, oh, today I'm picking this one, <laughs> you know? I know. I know. And it really, I, I, I look forward to seeing what the minority of the month will be. Like, who knows where this is going to be? And what if we continue in this ridiculous path, brands are going to support whatever people are talking about. Like, I don't care. I, I don't know what comes next, but it's just not real. It's not genuine. It doesn't come from the fabric of the organization. It looks externally to go, where is there a, a headline that we can be part of? And not, what are the values of our organization? How do we live them every day? And then how do we publicly show our support and demonstrate our commitment? There are so many companies that do wonderful things for their employees, for their consumers who are part of these communities, and they don't really talk about it. And that's, I think, where brands got it wrong. This was an opportunity to have every brand say, Hey, we actually give, for example, paid leave for our, you know, for our for women in the organization. We have bias training. We have paid transparency. We have all these things. That's feminist. I know, shocker. I know, controversial to say that, but oh my god, that's what women want. We do not want pink, you know, God knows what. Who knows? We do not want, uh, you know, deodorant that is supporting the gays. We just want organizations to treat their trans employees with respect and give them access to healthcare. Like I'd rather have a world without a gay burrito. And I would rather have a world where companies quietly, but meaningfully supported the marginalized communities in their companies. That's just, that's not good marketing though. Good marketing is about being very, very public. And having a very like big rainbow or whatever. Mm -hmm. Subscribe, rate and review Indecent with Kiki Anderson wherever you get your podcast. Follow the show at Indecent Kiki on Instagram. Follow me at It's Kiki Anderson. Email the show at IndecentThePod at gmail.com. And come back next week for more Indecent, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference. 
All that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Next Chapter Podcasts.